God bless you as we seek the Lord together for the year 2022. This is STL 22. Good morning. God bless you and welcome to the first day of Seeking the Lord for 2022. I am so excited to be spending this time with you and I'm so excited and I feel so honored to be able to bring the word of the Lord to you. And my prayer is that we are all edified and made better by the spirit of the living God because of what he is going to impart into us for this next month. I'm praying in the name of Jesus that this next month is preparing us and setting the standard, the tone and everything else for the rest of this year. I'm praying that God does exceed abundantly above all you can ask or imagine whatever can come into your mind whatever you've been thinking whatever you've been imagining I'm praying in the name of Jesus that God does exceeding abundantly above that in the name of Jesus hallelujah according to the power that's working in us Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for giving us this call to seek you. God, it's a privilege. We say thy face, Lord, will we seek. We love you. You're beautiful to us. And God, we are hungry. We're hungry for a change. We are hungry for more of you. We want to know you, God. We want to have true unbroken fellowship with you, Jesus. We want to have understanding of who we are, who you created us to be. We want to walk in our spiritual gifting. We want to walk in confidence. We want to walk in boldness. We want to walk in your glory, in your power, in your authority, Jesus. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we're asking that you teach us every single day that we are listening to this podcast while we're on the Zoom meeting fellowship, Lord, as we are just setting our hearts to seek your face, whether it be through a YouTube sermon or lesson or however we are um, getting our word of God in. Father, we are asking in the name of Jesus that you speak directly to us. We're asking you to change our lives. We're asking you to soften our hearts. We're asking you to heal our traumas, God. We're asking you in the name of Jesus to take away the scars and the pain and the hurt and the wounds in the name of Jesus Christ. We're asking you to heal our minds. We're asking you to establish confidence within us, God, in the name of Jesus. We're asking that you would give us a clear depiction of who we are and allow us to be able to apply that and live that and walk that out in our lives in the name of Jesus you created woman you created the woman father you know everything we're supposed to be everything we're supposed to do you know the purposes you created us for in the name of Jesus we're asking you right now allow us to walk in your sovereign purposes for your daughters in the name of Jesus Christ we're asking you for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit we're asking you for a fresh anointing to be upon us in the name of Jesus Christ Lord we're asking you to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think hallelujah according to the power that is working in us lead us guide our footsteps direct us to where you want us to be the ministries you want us to be a part of the churches you want us to be a part of whatever it is those local assemblies that you're calling us to whatever it is that you're doing in this season god hallelujah help us to be sensitive to it those of us who are seeking deliverance father let us know our deliverer is here in the name of jesus christ father direct us according to your perfect will 
Teach us in the name of Jesus. Give us a hunger to read. Give us a hunger to write. Give us a hunger to worship. Give us a hunger for you, more of you. Give us a hunger to pray, to seek your face, God. Give us a hunger for your presence, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. We love you, Lord. And we say, speak, Lord, because your servants are listening. Lord, let this be none of me, all of you, none of my opinion, none of my mind. God, let it be you, your wisdom, your truth, your sovereign will, your revelation. In the name of Jesus, we're asking you to speak directly to us. Hallelujah. You are the treasure. Hallelujah. We want to hear from you. You're the only wise God. We need to hear from you. We love you dearly. There is none like you, Jesus. We thank you for loving us. It is in your name that we do pray. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I am so excited today. Hallelujah. I'm so excited to be able to bring this lesson to you. Um, and we are going to start out with this lesson entitled very good. Hallelujah. I thank the Lord. Hallelujah. For what he called very good. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm just going to give you a quick introduction to this fast and to these, um, these lessons, these weekly lessons. So listen in. Scripture introduces us to four women whose lives and stories reveal four prophetic seasons. Each woman after God's own heart will find themselves in. Each woman's story, their behavior, and the way they handle the situations they are placed in reveal God's outline and timeline for women. The stories of Eve, Rebecca, Ruth, and Esther prophetically depicts the way God deals with his daughters as he prepares them to fulfill their purpose. We watch their process um, and this process is leading up to um, what we can categorize as their earthly marriage. And um, each husband though, each husband or love interest serves as a type of Christ. So their lives contain spiritual principles necessary for us to know as we prepare to meet the bridegroom. Adam is the life giver. He's the first one. Isaac, he's the only son offered by um, his father as a sacrifice. Boaz, you know, that kinsman, that family and redeemer in Ahasuerus or Xerxes. And he is king and deliverer. All of these, a type of Christ. Each week will examine the life of one of these women to hear how the Lord is instructing us to handle this season we're in and the seasons to come. Hallelujah. The stories of Eve, Rebecca, Ruth, and Esther are, are all prophetic and are all pointing to Jesus and are for the church. And let us get our plates, our forks, and our knives and get ready to dig in to this lesson entitled Very Good. I'm so excited about it. I'm so thankful for what the Lord is revealing about us, about women. So um, 
we find ourselves in the book of Genesis and we know about Mama Eve, right? We know um, about that one mistake that she made that had some very terrible consequences, not just for her, but for her offspring. We thank Jesus Christ, but we thank Jesus Christ that we've been born again. So now, hallelujah, we don't have to live under that, those curses and the, 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 the entanglement and bondage of sin any longer glory to god now we are free in christ jesus because we've been born again and i thank god for that um but eve she has a very special role in a very special place because of course she's the first woman um we see in scripture and she reveals so much about god's intention for the woman so if we want to know god's intention for woman it makes a lot of sense for us to look at her life and so Eve, she is brought onto the scene in day six, okay? And um, we find this day accounted for in the book of Genesis. And so day six begins just like the, the past um, five days where God is stepping into this um, void and futile or tohu wabohu. And what does that mean? It means some type of chaotic and futile atmosphere um, when we do the, the study of those Hebrew words, um, void and formless or formless uh yeah the, those two um it's tohu and wabohu and um it really just means chaotic and futile it doesn't mean that there was no atmosphere it doesn't mean any of that it literally means that it was a chaotic futile space or planet it there was water contained within it and um it was complete darkness okay so we see god he steps in he says let there be light and he begins to separate the water at the um you know this this goes on consecutive i'm not going to consecutively explain it but he he separates the water he gives us a good atmosphere eventually he puts the stars in the sky he um calls vegetation forth and um things of that nature and i describe earth as any other planet um more recently i've become very very interested in the planets and in the universe and and looking at them and um watching things about them and um reading things about them what we see is that all planets are essentially um what the writer of genesis describes the earth to be it is um without form and void um, they're all chaotic. They're all uh, futile. You can't just stand on the, the, the atmosphere or in any solid ground. And, and in some planets, there is no solid ground to stand on. But they are really cool. Um, some of these planets, when you find out about their atmospheres, but it's a very chaotic atmosphere, some of them. Um, they have constant storms, extreme weather. There's no oxygen, um, things of that nature. I believe that it is Neptune, if I'm not mistaken. It has no solid ground to stand on. So it's really, you go through clouds of intense temperatures and storms and winds, and then you hit like this kind of slushy um, liquid nitrogen type stuff, and it's really cold. But then when you get all the way down, it gets really hot. And guess what's down there? A bunch of diamonds. I think that the way these planets are, are so absolutely 
Just awe, awe-inspiring. And so we can see earth being like that, a place where you really can't stand. It's covered in water. It's dark. Um, who knows what type of atmosphere um, there is on earth. But God steps in and he begins to create. God has this plan, right? And his overall plan is to put humanity on earth. So God, he steps in and he begins to create this beautiful um, paradise for man to live in and abide in. I mean, just walk, go pick up, pick your, your figs and pick your mango off the tree, pick your coconut off the tree, glory to God. Um, go and um, eat whatever kind of greens and herbs are around. Have fun, pick up that raw collard green, go ahead on and eat it. That kale, go ahead on and eat it. <laughs> Then you walking around and he's no clothes, perfect fellowship with the Lord, completely innocent, knowing nothing of good and evil, just knowing real and true fellowship with the father. Glory to God. And he is that breeze that blows in the garden, this breeze that just walks in the garden to fellowship with his creation daily. So we see this beautiful paradise created and God is creating this place for humanity. He wants us to live in a place of beauty, a place of perfection, um, a place where we don't have to worry about death, a place where we don't have to worry about sweating, a place where we don't have to experience pain. And so we don't know this until day six arrives and then we see God and he speaks to the earth and he says, listen, bring forth cattle and beasts and bugs or creeping things in the earth begins to bring forth a vast array of cattle and beasts and bugs. So at the word that God um, speaks to the earth, the earth begins to bring forth all types of diverse creatures. And I just believe that is so absolutely awesome that God spoke to the earth. And the earth did, I mean, could you imagine if God speaks to the earth and it brings forth one thing? It says, and God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind. And the earth just obeyed him. And I just want you to know that if the soil and the water has to obey God and has to operate in creative power because God said so and sanctioned it to do so at that time, then can you imagine what the word of God over your life can do? Because I'm... I mean, I've seen some stuff, but I've never seen the ground bring forth an animal. But that's the power of the word of God. Hallelujah. And hallelujah, we found this word of God to be Jesus Christ. We know him as Jesus Christ. And whatever, whatever he is sent forth to do, he accomplishes it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So um, day six begins. Day six begins and God commands the earth. He speaks to the earth and he says, listen, let the earth now bring forth the cattle and the beasts and the bugs. And, and God looks and he calls the earth response to his command good. He says, okay, this is good. Just like he said any other day. He says, thank you. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing now. Um, he didn't say that. He said, good, this is good. I, I see what the earth did and now this it it is good, okay? That's what scripture says in Genesis 2, uh, Genesis 1, excuse me, in 25. Um, the day then progresses though. God is not finished. So that, that just happened in a portion of the day. And we can assume that it happened 
In the snap of a finger, immediately, as soon as he spoke to the earth, the earth immediately responded. But turn with me to Genesis 1 and 26, because we see what happens next. After God speaks to the earth, what he wants it to create, then something else happens. And so now we're in Genesis 1 and 26. And it says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his image, in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. I want you to know that God's initial instructions to man still stand. Let's move on to verse 29. It says, and God said, behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of the earth and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed to you. It shall be for meat. And so during this time, um, at the time of this translation, this version was written in um, society. Meat literally just meant food. It didn't actually mean the flesh of an animal because we understand that that was not something that took place in the Garden of Eden. That was something that came about in the ninth chapter of Genesis. Okay, and um, let's move on to verse 30. It says, And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, Everything that's alive, I have given every green herb for meat and it was so. So if you can imagine if there were lions around at that time and tigers, which are said to be the most um, vicious uh, predators out there, tigers. And there are even some tigers in a particular country that are said to have developed a taste for human blood and human meat. And they go around killing people um, in that particular town throughout the year. These things were created by God to actually not eat meat um, in their initial uh, place if they were even in the garden y'all um, they were supposed to be eating the things that are that come from the ground okay green herbs and then let's read 31 and God saw everything that he had made and behold it was very good very good very good in the evening and the morning were the sixth day and you know what i noticed is that god um throughout the previous days and even with what the earth had um brought forth god would say that's good you know he would look and he says that's good it met his standards his expectations um he didn't do he didn't have a do-over whatever was produced he said that's good okay but when it came to the end of the day um the end of the sixth day Something happened that caused God to look at his creation and say, this is very good. Now, I want you to understand that at the first half of the sixth day, he said it was just plain good. Speaking about the animals, the cattle, the beasts, the bugs that were created. But after the creation of man, after the creation of woman, 
God says, this is very good. I'm going to put an emphasis, emphasis, excuse me. This is not just good. This is superior to all other creation. This is very, very good. This is very good. The creation of mankind, okay, mankind, not just male, um, but mankind was not simply good to God. Genesis 2 and 7 gives insight to why the creation of man was far more pleasing to God than anything else previously created. Let's go there. Genesis 2 and 7. It says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Already man is far superior, created to dominate, created to rule, created to be superior to everything else on the earth. Man is the only thing that we see created in the first chapter of Genesis that God takes his hand and formed and that he takes his mouth and breathes into his nostril. Everything else he says, look, earth, bring it forth. But for this one, he says, mm -mm, I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to form him myself. I'm going to take the dirt myself. And I am going to create this myself with my hands. And I'm not just going to call him into existence. I am going to breathe into his nostrils, my ruach. And I am going to cause him to become a living soul. If you are going to be superior and dominate and bring this earth into subjugation, you have to do it by my spirit. Because God's spirit is the only true and pure source of power and authority. If you are going to dominate, if you are going to reproduce, if you are going to replenish something, if you are going to in any way be fruitful, if you want it to be pure, it has to be done by the spirit of God. God breathed his actual spirit into man. And he breathes into man and he gives them this instruction. He says, be fruitful and multiply. God says, I want you to reproduce my glory, my image, reproduce it, replenish this earth. Okay. Fill this place up with my glory. That is the charge God gave to man. Everything was so personal. And if I might say, everything was so perfect. God bless the man and the woman. Okay. And now what we see here, what's um, unique about this blessing and we can, and we can add this to our own lives is that he didn't just say, you know, uh, I bless you to reproduce a lot of children. God, he blesses them. Right. And then he starts to give them instructions. So blessing, um, in this context can be defined as endowing someone with a particular cherished thing or attribute. I bless you to be able to, I bless you to do this thing. I bless you to conquer this thing. Um, blessing in this context is ordination and sanctioning for a particular or specific assignment. And I want to say that this um, assignment, this ordination and sanctioning was not just unique to Adam and Eve. This is just to the man and woman, as long as there is man and 
woman glory to God and if we take it a little deeper and think about the fact that this is Christ and his church hallelujah that is supposed to be fruitful and multiply and bring this earth into subjection and rule and have dominion over everything that's moving on this earth oh this thing is absolutely beautiful I love Jesus in Genesis and I love how Jesus is speaking to us in Genesis and I want to highlight because the spirit of God is saying it to me over and over that his command for us has not changed God still expects us Hallelujah to have dominion over um, the things in this world. Hallelujah. And now with the entry of Christ into our hearts, it's not just over natural things. Now we've been called into a greater glory. We have dominion over spiritual things. And Jesus tells us there's nothing that shall by any means hurt you because of this spiritual authority that I'm simply giving to you glory to god so ordination and sanctioning this is what we see god doing and this is a blessing i want you to know that the call that is upon your life the sanctioning that god has placed upon you for whatever your assignment is it is a blessing let us not run from it and let us seek God for it and let us not be frustrated about it because at the right time when God has formed you the way he wants you to be while as uh, uh, when God has placed his spirit in you in the capacity that he needs to be there he will bless you and reveal why he has placed you on this earth so we see Adam, we see Eve and God is speaking to them and he says, I bless you. Be fruitful, bear fruit in my name. Come on, he's speaking to us today. He says, and multiply. What does that mean? Become many, become great, simply grow. Hallelujah. What does he say? You shall be witnesses for me. Not just here in Jerusalem, but in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. Take this gospel everywhere. Grow, increase, multiply, right? And then he says, and replenish the earth. Fill this place up and subdue it. Thank you, Jesus. And um, what came to me by the spirit of the living God is um, bring the earth into subjugation. Make this thing your subject. Tell it what to do. And who gave us this example? God himself gave us this example during the creation of the earth. He says, now I've made you in my image. I'm blessing you to have dominion. I'm showing you what dominion looks like. Look, I've just called things forth that were not as though they were and it began to happen thank you jesus the things that we see were not made from things that do exist but by faith we understand that this thing came to be according to the word of god as it is documented and this documentation is not just for a good story it's god saying listen i created you to dominate i created you to be like me you are my glory I'm showing you what to do. Okay, so what does he say? Have dominion over. Just like I've had dominion over. He says, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living 
thing that moves upon the earth, just like he did in creation. He says, earth, bring this forth. Earth, bring this forth. And this is the type of faith God needs us to operate in. Because there are some things that we need that we just don't have. And we need to understand the power that's in our mouth. Now, God has told us about it all throughout his word. But one thing is the way we speak and the way we think and the way we believe it, it, it points to the fact that some of us don't actually, I won't say we don't believe it, but we don't understand it. We don't really understand that in light of what we see in Genesis and the sanctioning and the ordination that we see over man and woman in Genesis, that when God says death and life are in the power of your tongue, he means it. He means it. You actually have the ability, according to scripture, to speak things that are not as though they were, you have the ability to speak life. You have the ability to, you have creative ability in your tongue where you can speak something that doesn't exist into existence. And this is the example God gives to man. He says, I spoke everything that you see into existence. I commanded the earth to bring it forth and the earth obeyed me. I'm telling you dominate. I'm telling you subdue. Hallelujah. He's still telling us that today. I thank God for the man, but this blessing was given to both man and woman. This sanctioning was given to both man and woman, man and woman have authority in Christ Jesus. Man and woman are filled with the spirit of God. Now, how God uses the man and the woman to demonstrate his authority, clearly that's different. But how he uses the man and the woman to demonstrate his power and his glory, that's also um, different. That right there, you can't put a, a, a stop on a woman operating in miracles, in healing, in faith, in wisdom, in interpretation of tongues. And you can't you can't stop that. That that can't be changed. That's just scriptural. You can't change the fact that God has given authority, spiritual authority, and power to the woman. You can't change the fact that God has given her the ordination and sanctioning in the blessing to have dominion in this earth and to subdue it. I pray that each woman who is hearing me now believes what I'm saying to you according to the word of God. That God has created you with power. He's filled you with his spirit. And just like he blessed the man, he blessed the woman. Now, as I can best explain it, the way that we uh, demonstrate or show our authority, the, the areas that we operate in may be different, right? According to scripture, the bishop is the husband of one wife. Uh, you, we understand, right? When he speaks about deacons and he speaks about bishops and spiritual leaders within the church, he speaks about men, Okay, so we do understand that there are certain places and positions God has sanctioned for men. But we also need to understand that spiritual power and authority is for man and woman. We thank God for that. So there is no limit to what the spirit of the living God would use you to do in the body of Christ when it comes to demonstrating his power 
his glory and his authority over all darkness. That means that you stand up, you have the right glory to the name of the living God to cast out demons, to heal the sick. You, the Bible says, exhort one another daily, exhort the brethren. Glory to the name of the Lord. The Bible tells us that it was Priscilla and Aquila that corrected Apollos. Go out and teach people a more perfect way according to the uh, the will of the living God as he leads you to do now. But I just want you to gather that from the beginning, God blessed the woman also to dominate and bring the earth into subjugation. And contrary to popular belief, that did not change after there was sin, their perception, their ability, that changed, their spiritual place, that changed. But what God blessed them to do did not change. We actually see them building cities and becoming skillful with various materials. We see them being fruitful and we see them multiplying, okay? So let me move on with this lesson. Somewhere in between God calling the animals good on the sixth day and calling the creation of man and woman as the apex of his creation um, endeavor very good, God surprisingly declares there is a dynamic or condition of this flawless, newly created earth that is not good. So somewhere in between the animals coming forth and God saying, this is good. And then Adam and Eve being created and God says, this is very good. Somewhere in between those two accounts, God says that there is something that is not good. Turn with me to Genesis 2 and 18. Something that is not good. Something that is not good. Hallelujah. Everything else had been good. And then when man and woman were on the earth, it was very good. But in between that time, God declares something is not good. So we need to pay attention. We need to listen in. Genesis 2 and 18, it says, And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him in help meet for him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. This earth without woman is not good. Woo, Jesus. Okay, let's go. Um, within a earth free uh, from the disease of sin. You, you got to hear me. Within an earth free from the disease of sin, extreme weather conditions, violence, death, and, and sweat. These things don't even exist. God is still looking. He says, no, no, no. There is something that is not good. And so, of course, I had to go to the, the Hebrew and I said, well, what does this word actually mean? And not just means not. But good is the Hebrew word tov. And it means not pleasant, uh, uh, not agreeable. It's not good. The earth without the woman, the man without the woman is what God calls. Listen to this. Not Good. God says this does not bring me pleasure. Remember that word tob. It means pleasant. It means agreeable. It means good. And God says, no, 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 it's not tob. It's not tob here because um, somebody isn't here. There's a presence. There is an existence that isn't here. So I can't call this thing good. This is not good. This is not good. I'm looking at the man. I'm looking at my glory. And I have to say, this is not 
good. This is not good. This is not good. This is not good. So God is saying this is not something that brings me pleasure to see this earth, to see this man without the woman. This is something I do not agree with. This is not agreeable. I cannot come into agreement and alliance with the earth without the woman. This is not good. Tob, uh, the uses, the usages, excuse me, and applications um, of this word is uh, not pleasant or uh, or good or agreeable. And so there are various areas where this is this this tob is attributed to when it's when something is good. There are various areas. It's not just to our mind, but God says this this tob it applies across the board to every single dynamic within the earth that we could imagine. So when God says I can't agree with this, this does not bring me pleasure. There are there's so much entangled in that according to the Hebrew translation of this word, all this word means, and I'm going to explain that to you in this lesson, everything that it meant with those two words, when God says, this is not good, God is pairing into the capability of man without the woman. And it is completely limited. As a matter of fact, there would be no fruitfulness and multiplication without the woman and God pairs until with the next thousand and two thousand and three thousand and four thousand and six thousand years wouldn't look like without the existence of a helper suitable for the glory of God and he says listen 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 this is not good if, if, if we don't bring somebody in here uh, um, um, a woman in here if we don't bring a suitable helper for this man who bears my glory and image, this is not good. This is not good. This is not good. And so God, he's looking at the, 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 the earth and he's not just looking at the current, the present situation. He's looking at this thing down the line. And so this word tob, I'm going to explain it to you. It means it's not good to the senses. It means it's not good to nature. It means it's not good for geographical locations. It means it's not good for the quantum. It means it's not good for the intellect. When this word tob is used, it doesn't just mean a good or pleasure. It means um, good and pleasurable in every single dynamic that we could imagine. So when God uses this word and he gives this word to Moses as this is what I want you to describe earth like um, what earth is like without the woman. God is saying, no, no, no. This is not good. This is not agreeable. This is not pleasant to my senses. The sight, the taste, the smell uh, 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 this, the, 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 my senses, um, nature cannot advance. This thing does not give pleasure or happiness. It does not bring prosperity. Okay. So I can't agree with this. What I'm seeing I can't agree with this. The smell of this thing, the way this thing is interacting with my senses does not bring me pleasure. This cannot bring any advancement to nature. Nature will be stagnated if I don't bring in the woman. Nature itself does not agree with the man being alone. Nature does not agree with a womanless earth. Nature says women need to be here. Our senses say this is not good. And this is what God is saying. It's not just something that my mouth is uttering. God is saying the senses don't agree with this. 
this dysfunctional system of man without woman does not agree and is not good for appointed times. And this is what God is saying. There is an appointed time for things. And if the woman is not here, these times won't come forth. Um, this does not agree with geographical locations. No, no, no. I have more land for them. I need them to replenish and subdue. I need them to fill. I need them to multiply. Uh-uh. This place will stay empty if this woman does not come into existence. This is not good for people because people would cease to exist. He says this is not good for a journey taken. This is not good for the various aspects of creation, the land, the soil, the vegetation, the animals, the minerals. This is what this um this this word tob entangles and engages these various qualities. He says it's not good for anything on this earth. It's not good for the vegetation, the animals, the minerals. That means iron and magnesium and selenium are just not good without the woman being here. This is not good for the measure or quantity or mass of this earth. This place does not carry as much weight without her. The, it's not good for the economy. And the Lord brought me to why he would say this: the, the, the economy is not good. The economy can't progress without women. It's not just because we like to shop. But he brought me to Proverbs 31 and said she's like the merchant ships. This woman, she's looking at land and she's considering buying it. This woman is making fabric and selling it. She has connections. She is a property owner. She is a business owner. God says, no, no, no. The economy will go down without this woman. The church needs her. Check this out. God also reminded me that there were women following Jesus that ministered to him out of their goods. That means that they ministered to him and they supported his ministry out of their own financial capability. God says, listen, it's not tall, it's not good for the economy. If this suitable helper for my glory does not come into existence this is not good for man's sensuous nature and no i did not say sexual i said sensuous okay that means there's no joy for his senses that means you can put the biggest plate of his favorite meal in front of him but if there's no woman around that man's senses will never be stimulated the way they're supposed to be. There's no real, real stimulation. There's no real good stimulation for the man. If the woman is not there, it is not good for man's intellectual nature. That means man is a, a little more dull-minded. Man's intellectual capability is not stretched or exercised without the presence of the woman on the earth. It is not good for the welfare and benefit of the man. The man cannot create without the woman. That means the man would cease to exist without the woman. Man would have no one to talk to without the woman. He would have no one to engage him intellectually. Man would have no one to stimulate his senses if she wasn't here. Man would have no one to buy and sell with if she wasn't here. Man would have nobody by him by his side while he carries and bears my glory if she's not here it's not good it's not good for his welfare no 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 this is not safe this is not safe for this is not safe for humanity without her let us make a helpmeet for him 
It is not good for the man. It's not good for the benefit of the man. And check this out. It is not good for the benefit of God if she's not here. <clears throat> and when I got that, as I um, got this lesson together, I said, well, Lord, you know, we don't ever want to say anything like that. I said, well, what does that mean? And he says, this means the earth is more profitable because of the existence of the woman. The earth becomes more profitable to God because he places the woman here. Do we understand that? If it were just Adam, it would not be good. It would be not good. There would be no multiplication. There would be no fruitfulness. There would be no longevity. There would be no, now these are the generations of, that's what's called the Toledot, um, within the book of Genesis, the Toledot, when we see now these are the generations of, and these are the generations of that wouldn't exist. There would be no generations. There would be no continuity. There would be no change. There would be no progression without a help that is suitable for the man. We are the help suitable for the one who bears the image of God. God has placed within us the power, the, the, the intellectual capability, the entrepreneurial capability, the beauty, the drive, the momentum, the authority, the wisdom, Everything that it takes to stand next to the one who bears the image of God himself. God placed it in us. And when God placed it within us, when God saw everything that he created, after he said, no, 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 that's not good. I will make a help suitable for him. God looks and he says, now this, this is very good. The earth with the woman and the man is very good. If it's just the man here, this is not good. This is not good. But when I put her here, it becomes good. When I place her here, it is now very good. When she's by his side, when her presence is in this place, when she's here, when her feet are placed upon this soil, when her hands touch the vegetation, when her voice speaks out, now it's very good. Now it's very good. Now his purpose and his capability can be seen to the maximum, the full quantum of what it is. Why? Because she's here now. If not, he would have just been running around with wolves and spider monkeys and bugs on the ground, sitting there with all of this wisdom, but nowhere to exercise it. Sitting there with the, uh, the, the call to multiply, but no one to actually um, help him to bring that um, and materialize that in this earth realm. The woman, the woman, when she came into play, the earth became very good. When the woman came into play, this whole place became very good. When God looked back after he made Eve, he said, okay, now this is very good. Now the earth will continue. Now the man's purpose will be seen. Now this benefits me. Now let me bless them. You both be fruitful and multiply. 
You both replenish the earth and subdue it. You both have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the face of the earth for the single women. Listen here. And even for the married women, you stand next to Jesus Christ. Do you hear me? Be fruitful, bear fruit, just like he tells us to multiply, increase, and advance his kingdom. Replenish this earth, fill it up and subdue it, dominate it, bring it into subjugation to the name of Jesus Christ. Speak things that are not as though they were. You are, as the church, the helper suitable for Christ Jesus. He's placed within you everything necessary to keep this thing going so that there's longevity in this earth. You have to believe who you are. It's just that it was just that deep when he created Eve. It was just that deep. He was saying all of that to us. He's still speaking it today. I pray in the name of Jesus that you seek the Lord for it all, not just for some, but for all. I pray in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, that you seek God for all of it. All of what God calls Tob. The economic um, domination, that intellectual domination, all of it, all of it. Seek him for all the good. Everything that was not in this earth, everything that would have not prospered in the earth without you. Geographical locations, the economy uh, of the vegetation, everything that just would not have prospered or advanced. The welfare of the man even would have not advanced without your presence. Stand in it. Become that in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Be everything God created you to be. Do everything God created you to do. Fulfill the call that is upon your life. That blessing, that ordination, that sanctioning. Walk in it. Dominate. Bring things into subjection. Hallelujah. That's what you were blessed to do. That's what you were created to do. God called you into existence. You are his glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. While the, the Bible says that the man is the glory of God and the woman is the glory of the man. Well, as the bride of Christ, Jesus is the express glory of God. And we are the glory of Jesus Christ. Go forth, move forward. Hallelujah. Be fruitful. Bear fruit. Multiply. Grow. Increase. Become great. That's what that word means. Replenish the earth. Subdue it. And have dominion over. Now that you're here, things can keep going. Things can move forward. Now that you are here, this earth is very good. Very good. Very good. Very good, woman. This this, this earth is now very good because you're here. Don't ever let anybody tear you down. Don't ever let anyone talk you down. God is on your side and he created you for a purpose and he blessed you and sanctioned you. Hallelujah. To operate in power and authority, to dominate this earth, to bring it into subjection. Do it. Move forward as you seek the Lord. Become everything he's created you to be. 
everything, all of it, all of it with your husband, with all those children, do it. You can, you are the helper suitable to do it. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for woman. We thank you for calling us into existence. We thank you for the great purpose you've placed upon us. We thank you, God, hallelujah, for the way the earth benefits because we're here. We thank you that we are the reason the generations continue, that you've placed that ability within our wombs. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us the strength Hallelujah to reproduce. Thank you for giving us the ability to stand that pain. Thank you for sparing us in childbirth. Thank you for calling us to be fruitful and multiply, not just naturally, but also spiritually. Thank you, God, for being the bridegroom. Thank you. Hallelujah for what you have blessed us to do and sanctioned us for and ordained us for. And we say yes. We are seeking you not just for some of it, but for all of it. Hallelujah. We surrender our lives to you. We place our lives at your feet and we say, do what you want to do, Jesus. We love you. We surrender ourselves to you in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that this word be applied and not forgotten when things get tough and circumstances circumstances change. Help us to remember who you created us to be. Hallelujah. And that will never change. Hallelujah. And we thank you for that. We love you, great God. And it is in your name, Jesus, that we pray. We seal this lesson, this word, this prayer with the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And let this be a seed that cannot be stolen, but let it bear fruit and the hearts, the lives, the minds, and the generations of everyone listening to this. In the name of Jesus, I pray. God bless you all. Amen.